Welcome to the Minnesanship Life again. Here we come one more, one more moment of utterance, one more level of trusting the Lord on this end here. And um, his faithfulness in utterance always astounds me. And together with something that would sound really almost silly, but his knowledge of his word always astounds me. Well, we know he is the word. Jesus is the word. And the word is the very expression of God the Father. And so when we see Jesus, when we see the word, we're seeing the Father. And of course, they are one. And, and you have the Holy Spirit given to us now in this hour. When Pentecost had fully come to lead us into all truth, into the oneness that we now in Christ have with God the Father. And, and every time I set myself before him for these moments of utterance, teachings of the word of God, I, I'm always amazed at the mind of Christ that moves in the word of God. That as soon as he ministers a title for a message. String with a title are all these verses. And when I flip my Bible to those verses that I'm perceiving, that I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm like, wow, it goes with the title. Wow. And it just goes to tell us how really We're ever getting to know God. And that we, we never will come to the end of this getting to know God. That through all eternity, the thrill of existence is to know Him. And on this side of eternity, we're contending with the fallen world a carnal nature that we're to daily put down, accusative thoughts of Satan, disruptive ways of Satan that he wants to come and, 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 and hinder and oppose the movement of God through us or through the body of Christ. But hey, what do we say to all these things? We are more than conquerors. And so in this moment of utterance, I, I, I believe out of all that the Lord leads to listen, I'm the most amazed at his faithfulness in communicating truth to me foremost. And from the revelation and the opening of scriptures to me, he allows me to share with those he leads this way that I'm, I'm so thankful to God for. And so we have a message again today and it is a true, a true continuance again, 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 and again, and again. We keep on keeping on. We never look back, nor do we stop and be mesmerized by another. No, we've already chosen the one we follow, the Good Shepherd. And his lead is a continuance in truth. Here little, there little, precept upon precept. 
And so we have a new moment, another layering of truth. There is, there is a continuance from the last message. And it is as in the beginning, so to the end. As in the beginning, so to the end. I woke up with that phrase this morning. Just speaking, speaking to me. As in the beginning, so to the end. So to the end, we are Christians. So to the end, we are found in the truth of the word of God. So to the end, we don't give up, nor do we cave into pressure. So to the end, we keep on. And we hold on to that which was entrusted to us. The word of truth, the word of reconciliation, the word of glory, the living word. That we be disciples indeed of our master. That we continue in this confirmation, in this transformation to be conformed to the image of him, the firstborn. Because we're now his brethren. Last week was keep your boat. Keep your boat. And I said last Sunday, it to me was stay in the true vine. Live in the tree of life. And from there, a question was posed. Where are you living? Or from where are you living? Living. And so we are to live, we are to live from the truth of the gospel of God. We are to live from him. We are to live in him and we are to move in him. All of us fully yielded to all of him. And so today, as in the beginning, so to the end, let's go to where we stopped last Sunday. It was in the book of Jude. In the book of Jude. See, as in the beginning, so to the end is truly the very name of our master. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. As in the beginning, so to the end. Unchanging God. No shadow of turning as in the beginning, so to the end. The same yesterday, today, and forever. As in the beginning, so to the end. And so we are now being conformed to the stability and immovability of truth. As in the beginning. Bereshit, Genesis 1.1. In the very beginning. What well, was in the very beginning? The word pronounced... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As in the beginning, so to the very end, we go to the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Let's read verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The creator himself, the perfecter himself, the finisher 
of that which he started. In the beginning, he called it is finished, done. And so we now on this side of reality, walking out through divine on earth, are pressing forward to the unveiling of this truth of it is finished. And that we now have entered by faith into the Sabbath rest of God and to all perpetuity forever. And that is where we live from. That is the domain that we keep. We stay in the dominion of his kingdom. We stay in the placement in the body of Christ forever. And so many deviations would come our way. So many temptations, so many moments that want to distract us and move us off track. Swipe us to the side. Rear end us. Thoughts of the past. And yet, to all of those, we say, no, we are of God. And we have overcome you. Hallelujah. For we keep our abode in him. We keep our abode in him. The same confidence that we had in the beginning to the very end. We stay strong in the word of God. No matter what goes over there, I don't care. <laughs> we have one thought, one mind, one truth, the word of God. And what opposition, what opposition to that what I said comes our way. To what and negate and hear that old serpent's voice did God truly say? Does God really mean what he really said? Surely you'll not die if you partake of that knowledge of good and evil. Surely you'll be just fine. So and so's doing it. They are okay. No, no, it's not about being okay. It's about being made whole in him. It's about being found complete in him alone, in his, in his headship. Let's go to Jude. Jude 1, one chapter, one chapter. One God, that's why I love Jude. One God, one baptism, one faith. Let's go verse five. But I want to remind you, I want to remind you, Jude is writing. And he, he refers to himself in that verse one. A bondservant of Jesus Christ, same way as Paul referred himself. A bondservant of Christ. 
fully given to my God, fully submitted to this new creation life. and the brother of James. And so he writes, I want to remind you, I want to remind you, though you once knew this, don't let it slip you. Don't let the word of God slip away from you. How? By you being negligent. Negligent. Too busy. Engage with the affairs of the world. Too busy. Negligent. And thus creating a stubbornness of heart. Hardening one's heart. Stiffening one's neck towards the truth of the word of God. So let us not imitate the Israelites of old. But today, 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 when we hear his voice, here I am, Lord, I say, Hanini, glory be to God. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord having served, sorry, the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt. A mighty rescue had happened out of the land of Egypt. And we know through mighty signs and wonders. A great demonstration of the power of the love of God. And the faithfulness of God to his word, his covenant word to Abraham, to Jacob to Isaac, and even unto Joseph. That they were coming out of Egypt. So much so that when Joseph passed on, right prior to that, he said, take my bones to the land that God has promised. My father Abraham and Jacob. Isaac and Jacob. What confidence to know the will of God. And yet, after having saved them, after having been faithful to his word, to lead them out of Egypt with all the gold and silver of Egypt, not a feeble one was among them. Supernatural preservation. What happened? They callous their hearts. They became familiar with that man of God, Moses. He's staring up there with God. Aaron, make us a golden calf. We need to worship the one that took us out of Egypt. An idol. Really? How quickly we can forget. And don't look at that like, oh, that's them and not me. Here we have Jude saying, I'm reminding you again. You knew this once. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people 
out of the land of Egypt afterward destroy those who did not believe. Those who did not believe. Those who did not believe. And what a demonstration they had seen of God. What a demonstration they've seen, even just with the parting of the Red Sea. Or the bitter waters of Mara turning sweet. Or water flowing out of a rock. Or those cluster of grapes that were brought from those witnesses, those, the ones that were sent to, to, to spy the land. And only two out of the twelve came with a good report. Only two believing. Out of a multitude. Joshua and Caleb. Having a different spirit, the word of God says, the spirit of faith. That believes and therefore speaks. Verse 6, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, their proper domain, their own domain. And we looked last week, this word domain was archaic. That which they had in the very beginning, the placement they had in God at the very beginning, they forsook it. And that's what Jude is saying. Don't forsake your placement you had in the beginning. You knew this gospel of salvation. You knew the way was narrow. You knew it's only through the blood of Christ that you made right before God. You knew that now you, your righteousness is based on the broken body and the flesh that you're partaking, which is his word. Believing it's by faith. Righteousness by faith. Just like Father Abraham believed and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Is this the truth? Yes, it is. What does the truth say? Don't forget. Don't forget that which you knew that was entrusted to you. Paul would tell that to Timothy. That which was entrusted to you, Timothy, keep, guard it. That was really, that was really how we finished last Sunday about keeping the word of God. Because as we keep the word of God, the word is keeping us. And so here, these, these angels did not keep what was entrusted to them, their placement that was given to them in the very beginning. A point of their creation. Well, we too, at the point of our new creation, were given a placement, a domain, a dominion called the kingdom of God, transferred out of darkness, out of the, out of the, out of the claws of Satan that were really, we, it was unescapable for us. Hell was an assurance. Hell was an assurance. And here God, by his mercy, sent his son to die into the world to reconcile us unto himself. What a great salvation. 
What a message of truth that so many, so many want to really, really tone down and, and mingle with the ways of the world. Well, yeah, and maybe a little bit of this. Yeah, and also a little bit of that. Before you know it, they're forsaken truth and, and onto fables, old wives' tales, traditions of men, or gossip. Did you hear? Did you hear? No. What I want to hear is the word of God. What I want to hear, his voice that's in the word, and not harden my heart as they did of old. Those angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, left their placement. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. That word we looked at last week to keep was teros. They did not keep their proper domain, their placement that they had in the beginning. And that word teros to keep was the very same word that Jesus said in, in John 14, 15, I believe it was. If you love me, keep my word. Keep, guard, watch over the word. If you love him, keep his word. And that's how we keep our placement in him. Why? Because at that moment we have placed our lives in the true vine. And that which is in the vine, the truth of his word, is upholding us. It's nourishing us. It's feeding us. It's giving us a sound mind. So we bear much fruit for the kingdom of God, for that is what we're appointed to do. Let's go to, let's go to Hebrews 10. I said this verse already, but let's read it up. Hebrews 10. It was a season of my life. I used to meditate this a lot. Actually, before I go to 35, I want to read from 19, a few verses there, because it ties together. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, we'd go rah-rah excited here, and we should. We should. Because it's wide open now with him, our Father. We've been given an entry into his kingdom. Partakers of his divine nature. Offsprings of God. Being a child of God. Have you pondered that recently? That you are a child of God. The creator God. His beloved son or daughter, you are. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, the very presence of God by the blood of Jesus, we live and move and have our being in him because of the blood of Jesus. Oh, what life released towards us. What mercy divine. To live life before him and hear him say to us, you are accepted in him. We read in John 15 that he loves us. That's throughout the whole Bible that he loves us. He so loved us, he gave his son, he loves us. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new, by a new and living way. <laughs> a new and living way. He is the way. He is life. He is truth. He is the way. There's only one way. To come into the Father is through his Son. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no other way. All other ways lead to destruction and wide and broad is that way that leads to destruction. So if you want to live loose, loose living, wide way of destruction. Well, these are choices that we make. But really here we want to renew our mind and choose the narrow way. And, and there when that's spoken in the gospel, that narrow is his way, it's difficult. It is a difficult way. Few find it, the word tells us. So we're not here to say, oh, it's very easy. No opposition, no opposition. It's very easy. Mm -mm. The fight of faith. The fight of faith is your portion. Enduring as a good soldier is your portion. Waging a good warfare with this word that was entrusted to us it is our portion. Not quitting is our portion. Not looking back is our portion. Because when we look back, the word of God, Jesus says, we're not fit for his kingdom. We're not fit for the kingdom of God when we look back after we've taken the, the plow in our hands. By new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. The veil that was rendered, that tore, that gave us entry into the holiest of holy. It is his flesh. It is his body broken for us that we now be whole in him. To behold him is to be whole. How do you behold him? By beholding his word. Because they are one. Him and the Father are one.
having a high priest over the house of God, whose house we are, Hebrews says early on, if we hold on to the very end. Let's find that in, in, in chapter 3 of that same book, Hebrews whose own is um, a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Firm to the end, as in the beginning, so to the end. All the way, the Alpha and the Omega. One, one truth, one the first and the last one. He is the one. He is the first. He is the last. You want to know the beginning. You want to know the end. He is the one you want to know. How is it going to go? As he has said. When. Actually, God spoke to me recently. You know, you hear Christians. When God. How God. And the Lord almost answered those questions. Not like I, was, I wasn't thinking about it, how or when, God. But I could hear those statements. Hey, it was almost the Lord answered and said, when you believe my word. That's when. How? When you believe my word. That's how. When you see what he sees, this is his sight, his word. Before which all things are laid bare and naked and they will give an account to his word. The sight of his word. And the sight of his word is how it goes and when it will be. And we know according to Hebrews 11, now faith is now. Now, now faith is. As soon as you believe, you've entered into that rest. Now, faith is. Back to Hebrews 10. Verse 22. Let us draw near, let us draw near. The forward press unto the call of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Not here and there and everywhere. Without wavering, steadfast to the end. Fully persuaded as Abraham was. That that which God has said, he is faithful to keep. That no matter what we see in the natural, as Abraham saw his own body as good as dead. And the womb of his wife, Sarah, they had never bore a son, ever. And here she is, an old lady, and God has given him a promise. 
Abraham had a choice. What was he going to consider? He made the right choice. Considered the word of God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. And so because we're considering the word, we're holding fast to this confession of faith that we now have without swerving to the very end. For he who promised is faithful is the end of that verse 23 in Hebrews 10. For he who promised is faithful. Now let's move to verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, your assurance, which has great reward. Some translations say a great recompense. It carries a great recompense. To hold on to the end, there is a reward. For you have need of endurance. You and I have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, after you have yielded to this process of transformation to know the very will of God, Romans 12, 1 to 3 writes about that. You may receive the promise for yet a little while and he who is coming will come. He is coming. He is coming and will not tarry. There'll be no delay. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, draws back from what? Living by faith. Draws back from what? From this confidence that was there in the very beginning. Draws back from what? From being found in this press of faith. Holding on to this confession of faith without wavering. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are, this is, this is the good news right here. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Of those who believe of the saving of the soul. And I've always seen that the renewing of my mind. My soul being the will that my will, my, my emotions, my thoughts, my mind. The renewing of this mind to bear the mind of Christ. And that looks like, that looks like not casting away our confidence that we had in the beginning. That looks like to the very end holding firm to the word of promise. Because he is faithful. Isn't that what we just read? For he who promised is faithful. 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 He said his son was coming. His son, the Messiah, came. 
Jesus said, it's expedient that I go to my father and I'll give you, I'll give you another, another counselor, another helper. The Holy Spirit who will lead you into truth. And that's exactly what happens. He who promises faithful. And the word says he is coming back for a glorious bride. And it will be exactly as he has said. A glorious bride. Let's go to First Timothy, since we're just go a little forward from Hebrews into First Timothy. Let's go to four, chapter four, twelve. Actually, no, not uh, verse 2. 1. 1 and 2. Yeah, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly says, that's the Holy Spirit that we were given, who's leading us in truth. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, which is now the last days, some will depart from the faith, not going to be us, Giving heed to deceiving spirits. Tells me there's deceiving spirits. And doctrines of demons. Tells me there's doctrines of demons. But we will take the reminder that was given to us through Jude of this great salvation. And we'll hold firm to the end, to the word of God. In this last days, some will be, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, speaking lies and hypocrisy. One way in front of you, another way in another way. <laughs> Having another thought, lies and hypocrisies. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. If we skip over to verse 16. Well, that whole, let's go to 12 since I've mentioned it. And we'll read till 16. Let no one despise you, youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This is what it looks like not to depart from the faith. Till I come, give attention to reading, read the word, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, the call of God within you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Sound doctrine. The word of God. The call of God in your life. Give yourself, 
Give yourself entirely, entirely to them. Give yourself entirely, not partially, entirely with your whole heart. Not shrinking back, not holding back. Take heed to yourself and to a doctrine. Oh, um, sorry. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Progress. It's about progress. It's from glory to glory. From glory to glory. Progress. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Is it important that you be an example of the Word of God? An example of faith, an example of purity, yes. Because in that process, not only are you keeping yourself, but you're an example and you're enabling others to follow your example. Praise God. Let's go to chapter, actually, chapter 6, yes, 20. O Timothy, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. I love that. Guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. This is what we're talking about, is when you're given to idle babblings, profanities, Contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Heady debates. We're coming into a moment where there's a straying away from the faith, from the purity of the word of God. That's why contending is important. Guarding what was given to us, keeping our placement in the word of God. Keeping our placement in the word of God. Let's look at that word. First Timothy 6.20 O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. That's what the strong says. That word guard is 5442. <laughs> Probably from the word fillet through the idea of isolation to watch, that is to be on guard by implication to preserve, to obey, to keep. The word study of this word that Paul is using towards Timothy to guard what was entrusted to him, that word 5442, it's like a military, military guard to preserve by having an eye on it, referring to the 
uninterrupted vigilance shepherds show in keeping their flocks. They keep an eye. Are you keeping an eye on what was entrusted to you? With great diligence to protect it. This word also has a connotation of exercising unbroken vigilance as a military guard. I think of those guards that are stationed in London by the palace and how they have an unbroken gaze and they stand. They stand in such vigilance, not budging from their post. And yet we Christians, we're just so slack. We're so slack. We're so slack. So slack. We like the mingling. This word to keep watch over, keep secure, emphasizes the need, the need vigilance, uh, the need of vigilance to keep what is entrusted. And there's a phrase that can be used for it personally to be on guard against, stressing the constant personal interest involved with the guarding. You have an interest to keep that word of God. Because it's your keeping place. It's your protection. That phrase that here in my new King James says, well, committed to, to your trust, to your trust. Here, the strong says, deposit and trust it to you. And that, I want to look at that as well. It's 3866, a deposit or trust. It is anything committed to one's charge or trust. Do you know you've been committed? You've been entrusted with the word of God. You've been charged with the word of God. Jesus has given us a command to abide in his word. If we love him, we keep his word. Keep his word. Let's go to one more of Paul to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 4. I read this, I think, last week. And I'm coming to a wrap-up here. Chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Not us. Not us. But I read that to you. This is the last hour. 
And there are a lot of snares in regard to false teachings. But we stay in the word. We stay in the word. Let's go to 1 John, a few verses in 1 John. Chapter 2, verse 3. 1 John 2, 3. Now by this we know that we know him. <laughs> How do we know that we know him? If we keep his commandments. That's how we know him. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. Say what? I know God. I hear him. I hear his, I hear his voice every day, every day. Do you know his word? Then you don't know God. But you see, all of us can grow in this knowing of God. Like I started in the beginning. So we, we be proven as a worker of God to show progress of growth of knowing him. By knowing his word. We're his workmanship. But we have to yield to his work. The work of the word. Let's read that again. Now by this we know. That we know him. If we keep his commandments. He who says I know him. And does not keep his commandments. Does not keep. Not even just knowing the verses. To be a doer of the word of God. Does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, whoever is a doer of the word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Whoever is a doer of the word of God, the love of God is perfected in him. I want to know the love of God. Well, do the verses that you read. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. As in the beginning, so to the end. The Alpha and the Omega. No shadow of turning as he is. So are we. That's what that verse is saying. Verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Just as he walked. There is verse 24. Yes. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. From the beginning. The Jude is saying, I want to remind you of that which you heard in the beginning. That which you knew in the beginning. Don't let it slip you away. Don't lose your domain. Stay, abide in that which you had in the beginning. The word of God. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, 
eternal life. Go back to these verses, meditate, sit in those verses, sit in them. I want to go to chapter 4 now in the beginning. He so loved us. Uh, where do I start? Let's go. Let's go verse 12. Chapter 4, 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. We know what we just, what he just talked about perfecting of his love, right? That we just found out here in chapter 2, verse 5. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Don't separate the keeping of his word with his love. Verse 13 in chapter 4. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we've seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son, a Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. This is what gives you boldness, is to know, like what John said in chapter 2, verse 6, he who says he abides in him, in God, that is, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So as you are doing him the word, you're being perfected in the love of God. And in that day of judgment, you stand with boldness because it's no longer you who've lived your life, but it's he, his love in you, who's lived life before him. As he is love, as he is truth, as he is light, so are we. As he was in the beginning, so are we to the very end as he is. That is what perfected love looks, looks like. Perfected love looks like no longer your life, your carnal little thoughts. No longer you, but him in you. The faith of the Son of God that is found in the true vine of his word because faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. So then we can continue here. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Yes, because as you walk, as he walks, because he is walking now through you, he himself in you. How can there be fear 
the giant God creator. The one that spoke light being light was lives in you. How can there be darkness? Which is fear. Which is no love. There's no fear in love, but perfect, mature, fully grown. This is the one that's moving forward in the press of faith, showing progress in sound doctrine. As Paul told Timothy, be an example of purity. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. He who fears has been not made perfect in love. And that's where you're seeing it here. Because only in the abiding in the word is that love perfected. That's flushing out fear that has torment. There's no torment in the word of God. Okay, okay well, I have to finish with one more verse and maybe next Sunday I'll go through these last verses again. In the book of Revelation, to the end we keep, to the very end we have to hold fast, to the very end he tells us. In the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 25. But hold fast, Jesus says, what you have till I come. Till I come. The end. To the end. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes, this is the reward. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him. I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Hold fast. Hold fast to the word of truth. Hold fast to... The Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. As elementary and as advanced as that is, the reading of the Word of God. That word that Jesus uses in Revelation 2.25, hold fast, is from the word kratos. It is to be strong, to rule. Where he says, hold fast what you have till I come. It is to exercise strength. The very strength of God. To hold on to his word. And not turn to fables. Not turn to false teachings, so-called knowledge of the world or whatever that is. No. We stayed the course. As in the beginning, so to the very end. Aha! Yes, we keep on keeping on and we're done for this day. Amen. Amen.